0: Welcome to Bible Prophecy Radio. In the news... Will the real New World Order start with the return of Christ? Will we serve in the coming government of God and His soon-coming Kingdom? Where can we go to find the truth? Let's find out. Now here's your host, Albert Hardy. Greetings, friends around the world interested in Bible prophecy. Yes, it does apply to each of us alive today and many more. There will be a resurrection and we need to pay attention to a couple of things. For one, the gospel itself has been eroded to mean only the fact that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and that if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ you will be saved, which means to them you'll go to heaven when you die. Well, where's that found in the Bible? Nowhere. You might assume that it is in the Bible, but no, it's not there from Genesis to Revelation. It's missing. Why should that be? What is the real gospel anyway? And what does it have to do with the New World Order, our future in the Kingdom of God, and the truth of the Bible. That's what I'm going to attempt to answer in this podcast today. Thank you for tuning in again. Now where do we find the prophecies about our future? Well they're scattered throughout the Bible but the main prophecy that I want to focus on today is Matthew 24. Matthew 24, and Isaiah 24, and Isaiah 34, and a few other bits and pieces here and there from the book of Revelation. So, here we go. For the sake of time, let's just kind of cut to the chase. Down in verse 6. Verse 5, For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end isn't yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in different places all these are the beginning of sorrows then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake and then shall many be offended and stumble and shall betray one another and shall hate one another and many false prophets shall arise and deceive many And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness for all nations, and then shall the end come. Let's stop right there. What is the gospel of the kingdom? Why doesn't he just say the gospel of forgiveness and going to heaven when you die or something to that effect? Well, because Jesus continuously preached about the kingdom of God. And as we covered in episode number two, the kingdom of God is a king ruling over subjects who live on territory governed by the king under a set of rules or laws so as to keep the peace and provide for the people under him all the things that they need, food, clothing, shelter, air that's breathable, order, something interesting and fun to do, like a job, money, and all things that pertain to a human life health care and not medical care but health care a good king with love would teach people how to live healthy happy lives that are fulfilled and rewarding and that's what we covered in episode two that's the gospel of the kingdom that we have a king like that a real king In Jesus Christ himself. Now what about the New World Order? Well in the hands of man the New World Order would be a disaster. A real mega disaster. Why? Because people can't get along with one another and we see that all the time. We see wars going on and rumors of more wars all the time. There's about 42 wars going on even as I speak. 42 fronts. Who can afford to fight on all of those fronts? Not the Americans. No one. Not the Chinese. Not the Russians. Not the collective of all of those. So we need a savior who can put down every army and That's precisely what he will do in power, in force, when he comes. Now, you want to see some proof of that? Okay, well, let's go now to Isaiah 34, or no, Isaiah 24, I should say. And just see what he has to say. Verse 1. Behold, the Lord makes the earth empty, makes it waste, turns it upside down, and scatters abroad the inhabitants thereof. And it shall be, as with the people, so with the priest, as with the servant, so with his master, the maid with her mistress, the buyer with the lender, or uh, seller, the lender with the borrower, and the taker of usury with the one who gives him usury. The land shall be utterly emptied and utterly spoiled, for the Lord has spoken this word. Verse 4, The earth mourns and fades away. The world languishes and fades away, as do the people of the earth. The earth is also defiled under the inhabitants thereof. We are the cause of this defilement, we humans, because they have transgressed the laws, that would be the Ten Commandments, and changed the ordinance, that would be the way to worship God, and broken the everlasting covenant, the agreement between God and man. Verse 6, therefore the curse has devoured the earth, and they that dwell therein are desolate and found guilty. Therefore the inhabitants of the earth are burned and few men left. Whoa, that doesn't sound very good at all. Well, let's drop down to uh, verse 19. The earth is utterly broken down. Reading from Isaiah 24, the earth is utterly broken down, it is clean dissolved, and the earth is moved exceedingly. The earth shall reel to and fro like a drunkard, and shall be removed like a cottage. What do you do when you remove a cottage? Well, basically you tear the thing down to bits and then haul it off. Well, that's what's going to happen to our wonderful, beautiful earth. The transgression thereof shall be heavy upon it, and it shall fall and not rise again, that is, like it was. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall punish the host of the high ones that are high and the kings of the earth upon the earth they shall be gathered together, sounds like Jesus when he said, Gather you first the tares, and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. And they shall be gathered together, as prisoners are gathered in the pit, and shall shut them up in prison, and after many days they shall be visited. Then the moon shall be confounded and the sun ashamed. When the Lord of hosts shall reign in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem and before his ancients gloriously. Wait a minute before his ancients, like King David, maybe, and Solomon, and um, Samson, and others? Well, they'll be resurrected. And they will be given a position in his government, in his kingdom. That adds up. That makes sense. That'll preach. But what does he mean when he says, the sun shall be ashamed? Well, the sun is bright. And it is powerful. It'll burn you. And it's got radiation coming from it, like x-rays and gamma rays and delta rays and all kinds of other rays. That's why you get a sunburn if you stay out too long, or cancer from the damage done to the DNA and the skin cells. But anyway, why? Why would the sun be ashamed? Well, because it's going to be darkened. Now, let's go to chapter 34 and read something here. Starting in, um, well, let's see. Let's go up to verse 2. Well, let's start in verse 1. Come near, you nations. This is identifying who he's talking to or about to hear this. And all that is therein, the world, the earth. Let the earth hear and all things that come forth of it. Sucken every one of us. For the indignation of the Lord is upon all nations, and his fury is upon all their armies. He has utterly destroyed them and has delivered them to the slaughter. Woe. Verse 4 says And the host of heaven shall be dissolved, and the heavens shall be rolled together as a scroll. Unquote. Well, what does that mean? Well, what happens to the words on, on a scroll when you roll it up? They disappear. That's exactly what he's talking about, in my view. The whole host of heaven, all those stars out there, are going to look as if they disappeared. Now, what stars are we talking about? Well... I'll get into that. As the leaf falls down from the vine and the falling fig from the fig tree, for my sword shall be soaked. Now, some translations say bathed, but it, in my view, means soaked, like you would soak in a bath. It's soaked in heaven. It has drunk its fill there, and behold, it shall come down upon Idumea. Now, Idumea is Iraq, Iran, Saudi Arabia, Yemen, Oman, Jordan, the UAR, and other places. The sword of the Lord is filled with blood. It is made fat with fatness, and the blood of lambs and goats, for the Lord has a sacrifice in Basra. Now, Basra today, I don't believe is where he's talking about, but there is a Basra in southern Iraq. It's in there somewhere. And uh, a great slaughter in the land of Idumea. It also includes parts of Turkey and Lebanon and um, Syria and other places. And then dropping down to verse 9, this is something, well, let's go to verse 8. For it is the day of the Lord's vengeance, the year of recompenses for the controversy over Zion. And the streams thereof, that is, of Idumea, the Middle East, shall be turned into pitch, and the dust thereof into brimstone, and the land thereof shall become burning pitch. It shall not be quenched night or day. The smoke thereof shall go up forever. From generation to generation it'll lie waste. None shall pass through it forever and ever. Unquote. Whoa. That's pretty heavy stuff. The skies are going to be darkened by the smoke. Now what's burning? Well, it would be pitch. What's pitch? It's oil where the hydrogen molecules have mostly evaporated out into thin air. Leaving behind tar. It's thick, black tar. You don't want to fall into that. But it's on fire. That's a big deal. That's a big problem. Imagine if you would Mecca. Exploded on fire with a nuclear weapon. And Medina. And Riyadh. And all over the Middle East. Joel 2 has some interesting things for us. I'm just going to turn there real quick, too. Because this is a significant prophecy. Joel 2, starting in... Verse one, I believe let's just go one more page over here. Bear with me if you would. Joel two starting in verse two, the day a, a day of darkness is talking about the day of the Lord. It says in verse one, "For the day of the Lord comes, and it is nearer." A day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness. As the morning spreads upon the mountains, a great people and strong, and there's never been a like of which, neither shall there be any more after it, to years of many generations. But listen to the way they, um, they talk about these people. A fire devours before them. And behind them a flame burns, the land which was as the Garden of Eden before them. But behind, it is a desolate wilderness, and nothing shall escape them. Well, that's pretty ugly. A flame devours the stubble. Hmm... All right, let's drop down to 10, verse 10, chapter 2, Joel. It's about in the middle of the Bible. The earth shall quake before them, the heavens shall tremble, the sun and the moon shall be dark, and the stars withdraw their shining. Now, didn't we hear that before? Let's go back to Matthew 24 for a second. Verse 29, immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken, shall be shaken. Well, wait a minute. Let's break this down a bit. Immediately after the tribulation, we'll note that it's after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened why why on earth well if you have these huge fires which are oil well fires that have been nuked you know you got to understand a little bit about geology because if the uh, oil is only 25 feet down or else nearer or on top of the earth And when that gets nuked, it's going to be set on fire. The fire, the smoke will be radioactive. It will burn hotter than the sun. It's potentially going to burn at millions of degrees. What's that going to do? It's going to melt all the sand around it, which will cave in to this giant hole. And it's not just going to be one. It's going to be several of these types of fires. When you talk about global warming, when you heat that much heat into the Earth's atmosphere, we're all going to be sweating it, <laughs> literally, scorched by these fires. And they're not going to be able to be put out. Who's going to do it? Who's going to put that out? No one. No one. And you can imagine what's going to happen to all that black, heavy, thick smoke. It's going to fill the atmosphere. That's why the sun grows dark and the moon won't give its light. That's why the sun is ashamed and the moon confounded. It can't figure out why it won't shine on the planet. Well, of course, these are literary um, devices which but it's real it's on the ground and it just shows us i mean it's not really that they're alive to be confounded but they are real entities the sun and the moon are very very real now the problem is with the earth's atmosphere filling day in and day out full of smoke and it cannot be cleansed by rain why Well, because it's radioactive, for one, and the molecules of the air fused with the molecules of the smoke, so it becomes black air. You can't breathe black air. Oil smoke-filled air is toxic. It will kill you. One breath of that smoke is enough to kill a man. So we got a problem there. We got a big problem. Let's go to Revelation 8 8 for a moment. i want to read something out of there. Revelation 8 8, last book in the Bible. Very interesting. He says, the second angel sounded, and as it were, a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea, and a third part of the sea became blood. Sounds like Fukushima. And what's happening to the Pacific Ocean? It's dying. A third part of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died, and a third part of the ships were destroyed. There's a lot of fishermen out of work in the Pacific these days, and you can't—they can't sell their boats. Nobody's wanting to buy them, and who can blame them? Scary stuff. Then in verse 12, in chapter 8 of Revelation, it says, The fourth angel sounded, and a third part of the sun was smitten, and a third part of the moon, and a third part of the stars. So as the third part of them was darkened, and the day shone not for a third part of it, and the night likewise. Can you imagine going through eight hours of daylight, which is now midnight dark? what's going to happen to the crops what's going to happen to the plants what's going to happen to trees and grass and humans well nobody's going to be going to work in a situation like that and nobody's going to be traveling anywhere they're going to be holed up in their houses hoping that they have enough food to last this out well these fires cannot be put out except by supernatural intervention if you ask me thank god we have a savior who's coming back in glory to put a stop to this and to bring his kingdom and set it up and reestablish planet earth as a place where people can actually live in safety and peace and security no We don't need a new world order. We don't need a one world government to govern all nations by human standards and human power. That would be a royal disaster. But with the kingdom of God and Jesus at the helm, and Jesus as the King of kings and Lord of lords and the true Savior of the world, why do you think we call him that? We call him the Savior of the world because that's exactly what he's going to do. And I'm not talking about just a spiritual salvation. I'm talking about a literal salvation. So we've seen that a third part of the sea became blood. Now let's go to 9 and verse 2. He, the fifth angel, sounded. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit, as of the smoke of a great furnace, so that the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit." Unquote. Sounds like Joel 2.2, doesn't it, in verse 10? Also, you can go to Jeremiah fifty fifty one fifty two 52, and also Revelation 14:10, Ezekiel 32, Isaiah 13, and verses 9 through 13. Let's just go there. Isaiah 13, verses 9 through 13. 13 says, that's 12. Uh, 13, and verse 12, or 11. All right, here we go. And I will punish the world for their evil, and the wicked for their iniquity. And I will cause the arrogancy of the proud to cease, and I will lay low the haughtiness of the terrible. Terrorists, anybody? Yeah? I will make a man more precious and rare than fine gold, even a man than the gold wedge of Ophir. Therefore, I will shake the heavens and the earth shall remove out of her place in the day of wrath of the Lord of hosts in the day of his fierce anger. And let's see, let's drop down to... uh, Verse 19. Now, listen to this. And Babylon, that is Baghdad and uh, all of Iraq, Iran, they, King Nebuchadnezzar ruled the world at that point in time. And that world he ruled was the Middle East. The kingdom, the, the glory of kingdoms, Babylon, the beauty of the Chaldees' excellency and her pride shall be as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. You know what's left in Sodom and Gomorrah? Nothing but streets and and buildings of ash. You can see 90 degree angles. You can see where former buildings were. You know, there's nothing in nature that has 90 degree angles. But you can go there and you can see, you can go to my website, why.com and watch some of the videos there that talk about Sodom and Gomorrah it shows pictures people that have gone there they pick out little balls of this white um, brimstone which happens to be sulfur of a variety that is not even found anywhere else on earth it's not crystalline it's a powder and it's white and it'll light still to this day but he says, it will never be inhabited, neither shall any dwell in it from generation to generation. Neither shall an Arabian pitch his tent there, nor people make uh, their uh, sheepfolds there, but wild beasts of the desert will be there. Wow. Well, there's more to this story, and we'll get to that in an upcoming episode. But thank you for tuning in today. We want to look forward to the return of Jesus. He's coming to stop this world's armies and straighten the whole thing out and make it better and a good place to live again under his rulership. I invite you to go to itellwhy.com and check out my videos and also my eight books They're about Jesus and all that he's up to. Have a great day. Thanks for listening.